this week on the National Football League edition of Lighting Money on Fire. There are some streaking teams in the NFL. Some teams are winning a lot. Some teams are losing a lot, and their identities might just surprise you. Also, we go over one weird trick to, to get, you know, a cheaper Metro card. Finally, <laughs> what? that's a clickbaity thing. Is that wrong? Grant's giving me a look like I'm crazy right now, but I'm not. And you're going to find out on Lenny Run Him Fire with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Over the many years that we've been podcasting together, yeah. you've done maybe thousands of openings. Certainly at least a thousand. Yeah. That one was that thousand. one was one of the weirdest. Thank you. <laughs> Metro card. Yeah, I went for the uh, clickbait title in the middle of the opening move, which you don't hear very often on pretty much any podcast. Yeah, you also suggested that the listeners would be surprised by which teams were streaking <laughs> in which direction. Yeah. You can just go to a website such as NFL.com <laughs> or ESPN.com and figure that stuff out. But, but again, clickbaity. Yeah. You gotta love that. You're gonna be shocked <laughs> to learn that this nine and two team is good. <laughs> the photographers just kept on taking pictures, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it's been a it's been a bit of a hiatus. We had the Thanksgiving week off. We did. Uh, I went to Canada and did not have Thanksgiving, but I was in Canada. Did you have Canadian Thanksgiving, which I think is just baked beans and like I don't know, does the turkey eat you or something? It's it's weird. Yeah, the <laughs> turkey eats you. <laughs> yeah. No, there was no Canadian Thanksgiving. I did ski. Um, poorly. Fantastic, super Poor, interesting. Uh, on the day of Thanksgiving, I skied. Wow. And, okay, uh, not not the most patriotic move you've ever made. I was patriotic because there was a gigantic American flag attached to me. <laughs> Where? You don't want to know. Careful. Careful. I know it's explicit, but be careful. Just you can make your own assumptions. Yeah. I uh, just letting you know I had to be in the nude for it to work. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> anyway, wow. Canada thanks me. Of course they do. Yeah, it was a wonderful experience. Um and Another wonderful experience was half of our last bets that we made, which was actually two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, that that occurred. We had we two so bets. Close. Two bets that we made. One was super close that we did not hit. We missed by half a point. Houston uh, two weeks ago traveled to Washington, and or did Washington travel to Houston? It doesn't matter. Houston was two and a half point favorites, and they won by two, and we took Houston minus two and a half. Yeah. So we missed by half a point. I'm pretty sure they were in Houston for the, for Houston to be a two and a half yeah. point favorite. The, the Washington was good at that point. Yeah, they were Alex six Smith and three. Hurt yet. Yeah, that was the game that Alex Smith had the gruesome injury. Yeah, they were those, both they were both six and three. It makes sense that Houston would be a two and a half. Point for those of you who haven't seen the injury, go ahead and don't watch it. I haven't watched it. You shouldn't. It's gross. Yeah. Um, it's like all of those injuries, you know, like the Sean Livingston injury, the Willis McGahey injury. You don't want to see that stuff. The Willis McGahey injury. Are you, you sure that's what you mean? Yes. What Willis McGahee injury? In college? You don't know about Did this? Did he just like tear his ACL or something? Oh, God. It's so much worse than that. Really? Oh, no. I don't it's know. It's like the leg bent entirely backwards thing. Really? Yeah. Like, it looks like this oh. guy is done. The only um, really bad injuries I've ever actually watched is the Joe Theismann injury, which I've seen many, many, many times. Sure. It is awful. Yeah. And the Gordon Hayward injury, which happened uh, a year ago, mm-hmm. which I was tricked into watching by our uh, b- business partner, uh, where he said, it's, it's not bad at all. After he'd already seen it and, uh, and then laughed hysterically when I had a big reaction to it, which is yeah. pretty funny. Did you not see the Paul George? No. That one's bad. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen the Louisville thing, which is apparently the most oh, disgusting Yeah, thing I haven't ever. seen that one either because that one, like, the bone shows Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, the bone moves a lot, not a little, and it's Ugh. apparently horrific. 
I'm not into that stuff, man. I anyway, don't want to know. So it's basically that's what happened to us when we lost by half a point. <laughs> it's <like> the same. <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, we did have a bet that we did win. Yeah, easily. It was a very easy win. The Saints were favored by seven and a half points at home against the Eagles, and they won by like 105. Yeah, or something. It was 48 to seven, I think. It was insane. It was what like what the hell, man? Eagles. The Saints are good, and the Eagles yeah. are not that good. That seems to be the case. I will yeah. say Carson Wentz was horrible, yep. insanely bad. And the Saints offense is just unstoppable. They do look pretty good. So we won that. We went one and one. Yeah. We were so. very close to going two and So we broke even, give or take. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, almost two and oh. It feels like the story of the season, huh? Almost, almost a good week. Almost a good week. Almost. All right. Well, that's that. Yeah. We chopped it up. Um, so, so let's talk it. about some general NFL stuff yes, before we get into please. like fantasy football and such. Let's do it. So to. as you tease, there are some teams that are streaking in different directions. And we're going to tell you who they are. And this is the only way you'll ever know. <laughs> um, that was pretty good. <laughs> teams that are surprisingly good, whether it be from preseason stuff or how they started the season. Three teams come to mind, mostly mm-hmm. the Bears, the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, when you say started the season, you mean like the first month of the season? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So let's talk about first the Bears who yeah. have not, they, it's not like they've won eight in a row like these other teams have been doing. They won five in a row. But they've won, yeah, and they are good. And yeah. they won without Mitchell Trubisky last week on Thanksgiving. They, I mean, they got to play the Lions. They but got to play the Lions in Detroit. Yeah, which is a place where good teams go to die. Yeah, and uh, Chase Daniel won, and the defense. The defense scored a touchdown basically to win the game. So yeah. Stafford the Bears, is so bad. He is. He oh, is. my God. He's so bad. So the Bears, after years of of living in the muck and the mire of the NFC North, seem to be almost a lock to win the NFC North at this point. Yeah, I think that's right. So what do, you th- what do you think their, their prospects are for the playoffs? Oh, great question. Um, well, both sides, meaning both the NFC and the AFC, have two sort of behemoths, yeah. which everyone sort of assumes are the two best teams, right? It's pretty obvious in, in, the, in the NFC, it's the Saints and the Rams. So the real question we're ask, you're asking me is, yeah. how are they going to do in the second round against one of those two teams? Right. Because rarely are the Saints and the Rams going to play each other. They're both 10 and 1. They're going to be the two buys unless yeah. something really weird happens. Um, so Chicago's going to be on the road, which ain't great. Uh, it's unclear. I mean, they're probably going to... I mean, we don't know who's gonna, even going to be the one seed or the two seed. How are they do? I mean, they're clearly a dog against both those teams. Right. Um, those two teams feel fully formed at this point, right? Yeah. They have everything you want. I mean, the, the, I guess the Saints defense maybe could be a little better. The Rams score, got a lot of points scored on them in yeah. the uh, Kansas City Chiefs game, but overall their defense is at least pretty the good. The Rams have a great line and a terrible secondary, I think is how it is. The Bears are going to have to win a pretty ugly game, I think, to get yeah. by one of these two teams. I don't really see the Bears beating both of these teams in the playoffs, which is probably what it's going to take to get to the Super Bowl. Feels just like a bridge too far for them. I agree. Like one win I could see them doing, but it would be like, wow, the Bears did it. Like they beat the Saints in New Orleans. What an incredible win. Great job. Yeah. But then they're going to go to, you know, LA and get destroyed by the Rams most likely or vice versa. It just feels like it's just too much to ask Trubisky and this team right now. They're a little too young. Trubisky is pretty good. Yeah. But he's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly would rather have Goff by a lot right now. Oh, yeah. I'd sure obviously breeze by a mile. Um, that's a big deal. And I've seen Trubisky tighten up at the end of games a little bit. I'm thinking about the, um, it's the Patriots game I'm thinking of is one example. There was another example. Oh, it was the, um, the Packers, the Packers game, actually, game. but that was the, that was, that week, was week one. one. No, of course. But 
But some guys like come in or just like Pat Mahomes in week one was ready to go, yeah. you know, and like even at the end of games, he was playing really well in tight yep. games. Not yep. that they've been in that many. Trubisky feels like he tightens up a little bit. I don't necessarily think that's, you know, bad for his overall career, but I just don't think he's totally there yet and totally ready yet. That's okay. The Bears are ahead of schedule right now. Absolutely. Um, I think they're a very exciting team. I don't think, I think they're, they're, there's to them the Super Bowl is winning the second round. If they win in the second round, that's as good as they could ever do. Yeah, I mean, of course it's the NFL and in the playoffs it's high variance. Anything can happen, and injuries happen. Too. Yeah. So do you think that this Bears team has a better chance to win the Super Bowl than the 2009 Jay Cutler Bears team that lost in the NFC Championship game? Yes. And they had 12 wins. I do. Okay. Um, Jay Cutler was trash. Yep. Is trash. Yep. Rem- will always be trash. Yeah. I mean, I'm overstating slightly. Yeah. But, um, he might be a really great guy. Yeah, he he whatever. I don't it know. Seems unlikely. Yeah, but uh <laughs> I don't watch any of the reality shows with him on, so I can't speak to that. But um, but I don't I never trusted Jay Cutler. I think that's proven out pretty reasonably. I trust the head coach and this team more so anyway. And I love their defense. I think they are a better team. They're just a little unlucky that they're this is a tough year to be a good team in yeah. the NFC, to be a pretty darn good team. A lot of years I think this Bears team would be much more of a Super Bowl contender than they are this year. Yeah. I agree. All right, let's move on to the Houston Texans. Yeah, eight in a row. Eight in a row after starting 0-3. Eight in a row after 0-3 is weird. A lot of their wins have been ugly and close, like the Washington game that we bet on, for example, where they only won by two at home. Yeah, they kicked a field goal in the fourth quarter to win. They were down 21 to 20. And they they haven't always passed the eye test of being like a good team, you know? That is true. However, let's not forget that uh, Deshaun Watson had a collapsed lung midway through the season. Yeah. And they were winning games anyway. Yep. Which is pretty crazy. And now it looks like he's much healthier than he was before. And their offense is clearly better than it was before. And just last night, they destroyed the Tennessee Titans. They did. 34-17. And just to give you a sense, so the last four weeks, now they've won all four of these games because, of course, they've won eight in a row. They scored 42 points hosting Miami. They only scored 19 points at Denver, but Denver's got a pretty good defense, at least. They scored 23 at Washington, so that's pretty good, and then they blew out Tennessee. So I guess their offense isn't all the way there yet, um, but they've gone 37-19, 20 22-19, 23-34 for the last eight games, all wins for their offense. I'm bullish on their offense, though. I think with Deshaun healthier, Lamar Miller had a real bounce in his step last yeah. night, man. I was surprised. At yeah. how like, he had a 97 yard touchdown run where he showed both the ability to break a really tough tackle and then break another, not as tough tackle and then outrun the entire Tennessee Titans defense somehow. Yeah. I don't know how that happened for 97 yards. Lamar Miller seems way too big to be able to do that, but he did it. I don't know. Like I, I kind of believe, I mean, believe just means like this. I, for a long time, I thought this was a, they were a pretender, yeah. not a playoff team. They're, they were five and three, and I was like, come on, man. Their first four wins were weak. Yes. Super weak, lucky. They shouldn't have won any of those games as far as I'm concerned. Or like they're supposed to only win half of those games most of the time. The Colts gave, it, gave a game away to them, which I'm going to talk about later as we talk about Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, they, should, they shouldn't be eight and three. But now they're actually playing maybe not like an eight and three team, but like a seven and four team probably, you know, a six and a half and four and a half team or yeah. something, you know, whatever. So I, I kind of believe they're, they're a legit playoff team. I expect they're going to win their division, and I think they're not an easy out in the playoffs. I, I don't expect them to make the AFC championship game, but I think they're pretty good. What do you think? I think, it, yeah, it all, it all comes back to Deshaun Watson. Um, as, you know, in the NFL, it always all comes back to the quarterback, unless you're the 2001 Baltimore Ravens 
or whatever year that was. Uh, uh, yeah. The Trent Dilford. Well, every, every time the Ravens win, you're yeah. like, is the quarterback any good, though? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, or the uh, Denver Broncos team that won the Super Bowl, by the way, with Peyton Horrible Manning. Right. Or yeah. the Denver Broncos team that won the Super Bowl with John Horrible Elway, by sure. the way. Yeah. They just have old washed-up quarterbacks and win anyway, man. That's weird. But anyway, but yes, your uh, Anyway, point so Houston, Deshaun Watson. I think it's easy to overlook that Deshaun Watson is actually still pretty good, even though... Yeah. He had a rough start to the season, having like having all these huge expectations coming off of his amazing five games as a rookie. We ex- we all expected him to be what Mahomes is, and Mahomes entirely stole that spotlight, and yeah. it makes it easy to forget about Deshaun Watson and the fact that he's actually pretty good, you know. And and so he is the future of that franchise, and I think he is one of the. I don't know. There's what four to seven young quarterbacks who are kind of the future of the NFL, and mm-hmm. he's one of them. Yeah, and. It's possible he's going to be like the 11th best quarterback for a long time, but it's, but I feel like in some ways he reminds me of Cam Newton in that he might like hang around that like pretty good, pretty, pretty good area for a while and then have a breakout season like and an just MVP be, year. be yeah. the MVP and the team's going to be amazing. And then we're going to overrate him the next year. Like we see happen a lot like Matt Ryan yeah. did that um, as well. So that's possible. The other possible track for him is he's been hurt all year. He's still been pretty good. And actually, when fully healthy, he's a monster. And we're going to maybe see that by and maybe by the end of this year, maybe by next year. Man, quarterback is so good right now. It's crazy. We're never going to maybe see this again in our lifetime where we don't only have such a good young crop of quarterbacks, but we still have older quarterbacks performing at a very high level like Drew yeah. Brees and Tom Brady Aaron and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And so we have those guys. Then we have Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Mitchell Trubisky, Carson Wentz, who's not playing that well this year, but we think he's pretty good yeah. still. Mayfield. Right? Yeah. Mayfield's been Baker Mayfield's looking pretty playing good. Pretty well. Um, like when Josh Allen plays, he actually looks pretty good. I mean, there's there's four other first round picks from yeah. this year. Some of them are probably going to work Wilson's out. Russell Wilson's going to be around for a long time. Yeah. You Cam, didn't mention Roethlisberger's yeah. one of the old guys who's playing well, but Cam he Newton obviously is, is good too. Cam's legit. Like, I mean, Andrew Luck is yeah. Oh, Andrew Luck great. is great. He's yeah. had, is it eight straight games now with three touchdown passes? It's I something mean, like that. It's This is the best quarterback play I've ever seen. I agree. I think we have like something like 15 guys now who are legit. Like Joe Flacco is a piece of shit in this yes. league now. Yes. He used to be like, you got to start Joe Flacco on some team. Right. And, and now, now it's like it's Joe like, Flacco is a piece of shit. I mean, on Jacksonville, he would start on Jacksonville sure, for sure. Because Blake Bortles is horrible. Right. There's probably six teams he could start on now, but that's it. They're benching Blake Bortles, by the way. Yes, they are. Which, it's uh Kessler, right? Yeah, Cody Kessler. I mean, I don't blame him. Like, what's the, who cares? They're yeah. three and eight, and Borles ain't the answer. Now, this tells me something, though, about how bad Jacksonville is at assessing quarterback play. And this is true for a lot of teams, I think. So, Borles has been bad his entire career. Last year, he was slightly less bad, but still bad. They went to the playoffs and looked really good and came within a quarter of making the Super Bowl. Blake played okay in the playoffs. Not amazing, but okay. Until, yeah. Although in the second half of that Patriots game in the AFC Championship, he was not good. And they didn't trust him, and he was bad. They still gave him like $19 million a year for the next four years. Now, I'm sure they can cut him and not have to pay him all of that. But they paid him $19 million this year. Yeah. That's insane. And that's sort of like, oh, well, we won a lot of games, so we have to pay him a lot of money. Instead of understanding that you won a lot of games in spite of him, not because of him. And of course, you should be looking to replace him. And Blake Bortles is as replaceable as you get, right? There's one guy in the league who you wouldn't want playing for Blake Bortles, and his name is Nathan Peterman. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody else, it's like, who cares? Fine, play Cody Kessler. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be any worse than freaking Blake Bortles. I don't care if he looks like Pete Sampras. You do care. I absolutely care. And so do you. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> and so is Pete Sampras' wife, by the way, who's right. cheating on him with Blake Bortles. 
Which is a weird thing to do. You'd think you'd want to try something different. No, no, no. It's because you, um, different personalities. Oh, right. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know? So she, she's not actually like having an affair. She's just going to dinner with him sometimes. It's an emotional cheating. Conversation. <laughs> that makes sense. She's in love with him. Right. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, everyone would be in love with Blake. With Blake, when you, when you talk to Blake, ooh, it's <laughs> good stuff. Hey, let's talk about the last streaking team. Yeah. Uh, the Colts, who yes. started at one and five and are now six and five. They've won five in a row. Andrew Luck looks like he's fully healthy now. And yes. He's playing like a fucking beast. He has not been sacked for three games. His offensive line is playing insanely well. He actually was sacked in the last game, but there mm. was a defensive penalty. It didn't count. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. So his, uh, maybe that's maybe the best pass protecting line in the league right now, which is huge when you have a quarterback like Andrew Luck who can just dissect a defense. Yeah. So are the Colts legit? Like the AFC South, the Houston and the Colts both look like complete trash fires. And now it's like, wow, these teams are kind of good. Uh, yeah. I mean, five in a row is sort of crazy. I don't think the Colts are nearly as legit as the Texans. Okay. There's a few reasons why. Number one, the Colts don't have a defense. In the beginning of the year, people were talking about their defense as one of the better defenses. I mean, that's cool, but they have a great rookie. I forgot his name, but he's number 53. He's a linebacker who's been playing. I'm just glad you remembered his number. Playing Balls out. I'm a weird number guy. I mean, Jacksonville scored 26 points against them in yeah. Indianapolis. That's Miami scored 24. Oakland scored 28. You know, the Jets scored 42. I don't think they've got a good defense. Yeah, that doesn't sound like it. Uh, Houston scored 37. That's not good. It's bad. Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati scored. No, Cincinnati scored 34. I mean, that's a lot of mediocre teams. Doing. I mean, the Pats scored 38, but fine. Um Here's the real reason I don't like them, though. And it's not just the defense, although I think that's probably their biggest reason. Frank Reich is their coach. And he's a dum-dum? I'm just going to bring this up because I, I've been waiting for this. Okay. I've been lurking in the tall grass. We've already talked about this thing. I need to bring it up again because now it's all happening, right? They were one in five, so it wasn't going to matter. Right. But now it matters. And what I'm talking about, of course is it was fourth and four in overtime. There were 27 seconds left, and the Colts were at their own 43-yard line, and Frank Reich decided to go for it rather than punt and take the almost certain tie. And was it a first, the first possession, or was it late in the overtime? There was 27 seconds oh, left right, in overtime. Right. Of course. Houston so. had a timeout left. This is one of the games where I was saying like Houston didn't really deserve yeah. to win. This is a game Houston should have gotten the tie, almost always gets the tie if they just punt. Yeah. Once in a blue moon, Houston wins anyway, of course, but almost never. Instead, I mean, Frank Reich, there was 27 seconds left. Getting, getting the fourth and four, getting the first down, in, by no means meant they were going to win the game, right? Yeah. Like, that would be, if it was to win the game, that would be completely different. This was probably to tie anyway. Yeah. It was incredibly stupid. And right now, they would, ha- they would be in such better shape. Right now, they would be... Seven, four, and one? Well, no, they wouldn't have got the win. They'd be oh, six, five, six, four, and one. Six, four, and one, yeah. Instead of six and five... So instead of battling with Miami and Baltimore, the Chargers, Denver, Tennessee, they'd have that extra Cincinnati. They'd have an extra half game on all those teams. There's going to be a blood match for this final playoff spot because the Chargers are going to get one of them. For sure. The wild card spot. And that half a game, I pray it costs Indianapolis the spot because Frank Wright came out after the game and spent like an hour talking about how he would 10 out of t- 10 out of 10 times. He said he would go for it there. He's always playing for the win, all this kind of stuff. 
um, as if that's meaningful, as if that, you know, it shows something about how tough he is now. Cool. And all the Colts players backed him up and it was incredibly stupid. And I hope it cost him a playoff spot. Okay. All right. That's all. That's all. Nonetheless, the Colts are streaking and Andrew Luck looks like the guy that everybody wanted him to it's be. It's true. No, he does. He does. And well, I'm killing Frank Reich for that one decision. He seems to have done a really great job bringing Luck back and uh, their offense is going really well. Yeah. Really, really so well. of these three teams, who do you think is the best? Bears, Texans, Colts? I think the Bears are clearly the best. I think the Bears are also clearly the best. Second question, who do you think has, is the team that the other teams would least like to face in the playoffs? It should Bears, be the same answer. Texans, Colts. I mean, I don't think... I think it is the same answer. I think that's reasonable. I also think it's reasonable to take the Colts because Andrew Luck is the best quarterback among those players. The thing is, and this happens... This has happened every year that the Colts make the playoffs. So it's been a few years now. But there was a while when with Luck, they were making the playoffs every year. And the Pats yeah. played him in the playoffs every year. And the Pats would blow him out every year. They'd have one guy who ran for 200 yards. This happened two years in a row. 200 yards and four touchdowns. Right. There were different guys. Jonas Gray, right? Jonas Gray was one, and then LeGarrette Blount was the other one. Yeah. Um, the Pats, basically, they were the same game. The Pats scored like 48 points. The Colts scored like 17. Pats ran all over them, and it was easy. And because the Colts' defense does not seem to be any good, I'm concerned that we're going down the same path again. And it's like, I've seen this James Bond movie, right? Like, James Bond ain't going to die at the end, right? I'm yeah. pretty sure, even though he looks like he's in trouble right now, he's going to get out of it. Yeah. So that's that's my thought, that because their defense isn't so great, as opposed to a team like the Texans, or even the Bears, where their defense is pretty good, and in the Bears' case, they're better than pretty good. Yeah. And they have offenses that at least can boom. Yeah. Right. Now, I'll, get, I'll grant you, Luck has a, is a better player from a quarterback position than these other guys. And they're more dangerous from a point scoring point of view. But I just think you're going to have no problem putting up a, a huge number on the Colts in the playoffs. That is not true against the Bears and probably not true against right. the Texans. Yeah. I think the Bears defense does make them the team that is most likely to advance in the playoffs. Yeah. These teams. I mean, they're really good. Yeah. They're really good. And, and even though the Texans are eight and three and we're saying they seem to be legit. Like four of their wins are really good. Yeah, I mean, the Bears wins. are clearly better than the Texans. Yeah, right? yeah, the Bears are the best team there. And, you know, Trubisky did throw for six touchdowns in one game, yeah. right? I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe Khalil Mack is going to go crazy and they're just going to win just win the Super Bowl this year. It's not impossible. If Khalil Mack stays healthy and has, like, in the, in the playoff games, has the same as he played the first three games of the year, which were insane yeah. numbers. That, that might be enough to do it. Right. And Trubisky like plays a yeah. little bit above his head. I mean, yeah. it's an unlikely scenario, right? To have yeah. all those things happen. Plus, you probably need like the Rams to have like not their A game in the, in the playoffs and also the Super Bowl team. Like it's probably like a 4% chance of happening, right? All the things coming together right now, yeah. maybe 5%. But that's pretty good. And it's way higher than whatever the Texans number would be or the Colts number would be. Mm -hmm. That's all. All right, so those teams are all surprising for one reason or another yeah. at how good they are. Let's talk about a team that's surprisingly bad. See, I told you they were surprises, and yeah. you were acting like, oh, yeah, everyone could just look it up, but now you're saying surprises. Well, surprisingly based on preseason expectations. You won't believe the team that's lost three in a row. Sorry, go ahead. It's the Packers. The Packers. Uh, how many have they lost? I don't... Well, they are four, six, and one now. Yeah. And uh, that's... That pretty bad. So... In the era of Aaron Rodgers, unless he was injured, they've never had such a failure of a season. Like last year was a failure of a season too, but that's because Brent Hundley played the majority of the games. Aaron mm. Rodgers did not play. We've what? never had a, a Packers Aaron Rodgers team be this bad. So far, that is true. Now, let's remember, Rodgers has been hurt all year long. He's healthy now, but is yeah. he 100%? He, like if you watch the game, you see that he's like running around fine. Oh, yeah, he is? Good, okay. yeah. 
Okay, they still have lost their last two games, and like you said, they're four, six, and one. Oof. I mean, who's left on their schedule? So they're going to play Arizona. That's good. They get to play Atlanta. That's good. They get to host. Uh, they go to New York to that's play the fine. Jets. That's good. They host Detroit. That's good. Those could be four wins. They go to Chicago. They're going to lose that game. If they can finish four and one, that's not good enough. That's eight, seven, and one. That's not going to make. No, the they have to win out. NFC. Yeah, even winning out may not do it. That's still nine. That's nine, six, and one. I, I mean, don't if, know. if they win out and the Vikings go four and one, they don't make the playoffs. Um, well, there's you know there, there's a bunch of other teams that are going to be fighting for that last spot. Too. Right. The Vikings just are one example. Yeah. I guess Washington isn't much of a threat anymore, but Philly is lurking. Philly's got a better record than they do anyway. Like Carolina's got a better record. Seattle has a better record. As you mentioned, Minnesota has a significantly better record too. They're not going to make the playoffs. No. This is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. With Aaron Rodgers. Well, playing the whole year. Yeah. And even though he was hurt, they were actually winning for a while. Yeah. Like they were winning early. They were four, four and one not long ago. And they were right there. And now, I mean, Mike McCarthy's getting fired, right? Like right. it's Which, a for sure thing. This, this might point. actually be the best thing to happen to the Packers to have a season where Aaron Rodgers is playing the games and they do poorly. And at least from my perspective and probably from a lot of other people's perspectives, a lot of the blame lies with Mike McCarthy. He's wasting Aaron Rodgers. Okay. That's what it feels like. Talk more about that. What do you see as what he's doing that's that's not working? What I see is the opening drive of the game where they get the touchback, start on the 25, they run it for one yard, they have second and nine, they run it for one yard, they have third and eight, they do a draw play, run it for four yards, and they have fucking Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. That's what I see. Mm. It doesn't like, sound good when you say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's not great. Yeah. <laughs> and and they have an antiquated, super simple offense. Aaron Rodgers is clearly a very smart guy. He could handle a complex offense. He could run it well. Mm-hmm. Give him Matt Nagy and watch him go. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this might be like the perfect time because Aaron Rodgers is 34. He probably still has three or four good years left in him. Get him a good coach for those last three or four years. It's It's kind of horrible that he might be the greatest quarterback of all time. It's hard to say based on what metrics. I mean, I don't think you'd find almost anyone who would say he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I think you could find people who say he's the most talented. That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah. He has the most talent of any quarterback who's ever played. That's certainly possible. And, uh, and he's only won one Super Bowl and only been to one. He's only been to me. Much more damning is the fact he's only been to one. That's gotta be McCarthy. McCarthy has been riding the Aaron Rodgers coattails. How many NFC championship games has he been to? I remember they lost to Seattle on the most heartbreaking loss yeah. ever, like four years ago. That was Have a they great been to other game. ones? Yeah, that was uh, incredible. I don't maybe, remember. Maybe one other one. They haven't even really threatened as opposed to, and it's not really fair to compare, but I'm going to do it anyway for a moment. My hometown Patriots who have been to the AFC championship game, something like eight years in a row and have been to like six Super Bowls, right? No, right. eight Super Bowls. So, I mean, now, of course, it's not fair to compare him to the Pats. No one's ever done what the Pats are doing. Right. However, it does sort of highlight something is going on here, right? Yeah. Like, I think, Bray, I think if you give Belichick Aaron Rodgers from the beginning, the Pats are better. Yes. And we're saying Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time. Yeah. The Pats probably have more Super Bowl wins, not less, right? right? I know Brady won all these games at the end, and I love the guy, but I agree with you. Like, come on, man. Like, Rodgers is incredible, is the best, is way better as a passer, and is just as good in the clutch as Brady has been, right? Yeah. Or is nearly as good in the clutch. It's good enough, and they would be winning those. They wouldn't need to win all those games in the, at the end of the game. They would be already winning all those games. Right. I believe. So, I mean, man. So, part of it has got to be the coaching, 
is part of it also somewhere somehow can we blame Aaron Rodgers for any of this is the question I don't think so I mean it's just possible. look at just look at his numbers yeah and they are amazing and, and watch him play like yeah. it's not his fault it might be personnel you know the offensive line has been pretty weak for the past couple of years that doesn't yeah. help at all the defense has been horrific so that's a big problem they for some reason traded their best secondary player at the trade deadline haha Clinton Dix I don't know why um, happens yeah so I don't know. Maybe it's also GMing that's a problem. I mean, it sounds like it when based on what you just said, it yeah. sounds like the GMing is. But an also issue. watching the games, you, the things that you really see are Aaron Rodgers' accuracy and decision making are yeah. always good, and that the play calls are always bad. Yeah, like you see that every time. That's not great. Uh, they also have had some famous weird moments. So like fail Mary, not, what fail Mary. The fail Mary is a good point. I wasn't thinking of that. I was thinking about another a another NFC Championship game they were in is the. I think it was the first year the Giants won. So like 2008, the Eli Manning Giants, yeah. when they beat the Pats, the perfect season, all that. Um, I think that they played the Packers in the AFC, the NFC Championship game. I'm pretty sure. And Rodgers was horrible. Was that his first year as a starter? No. they were No, they, the Packers were like 15 and one. It was like his third year as a starter. Hmm. And, uh, and they were like the huge favorite to uh, get to the NFC, to the, the Super Bowl, excuse me. And the Giants just beat him. And pa- Aaron Rodgers could not throw a pass, an accurate pass to save his life. Anytime it mattered, he missed guys by a lot. It was really weird. Hmm. Um, so I remember that. I think it was that year. I don't think it was four years later or five years later when the Giants did it again because um, they did it twice, of course. Maybe yeah. it was the second. No, maybe it was Brett Favre the first time and Rodgers the second time. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is that was weird. And that's one of those spots where like almost always he plays well. They beat the Giants and then they go to the Super Bowl. And right. Who knows? Maybe they win that one too, and now he's won two rings, and it's the whole thing feels. It different. was the second one where yeah. Rodgers was playing poorly because I remember seeing that game. Also, I think Favre threw like a pick six against the Giants, yeah. and the, the time before, like a ridiculous pick six near the end of the game, where like there was no reason to do it. He's just the gunslinger. Like I'm just going to throw it up there, and it was like so embarrassing and bad. Yeah, like handed the game. No, to that, the no, that NFC Championship that you're talking about now it's coming back to me. Was the year that the Packers were the best team in the NFL? They were yeah. 15 and one. The Pats were not the super good team that year. Right, they, they were just pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they there, there was a huge upset. Yeah, that's right. And the Giants won the Super Bowl again. Yeah. So sick. So anyway, I don't think this is the end of the Aaron Rodgers era. I think it might be the beginning of three or four good years where they actually get good coaching for him. Okay. So this might be the best thing for them. I don't know. All right. Well, you know, Hugh Jackson's available. I'm just saying. Yeah, he sure is. He's but, a he's a offensive guru. We're going to talk about that in a second, actually. Oh, good. Um, so the next question, which we've been asking on this podcast for the past few weeks, and it keeps changing, is who is the fifth best team? Yes. Because there's the clear top four yeah. uh, of the Chiefs, the Rams, the Saints, and the Patriots, not necessarily in that order. Probably, actually, I would go at this point, Saints, Rams, Chiefs, Patriots. Sure. I think that's probably about right. Yeah. I, I agree. But you could that could be mixed up at any point, you know? Yep. Like, any, if any of those teams win the Super Bowl, it won't be super surprising, right? right? But there's always the question of who's the fifth best. Yes. Um, at times, we've thought maybe Carolina, but they've looked really bad in certain spots. You were saying Atlanta not I, long ago, I, I thought maybe Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, I was wrong about that. I was thinking Pittsburgh for a while. Yeah, but they, they have a good record, but they still have looked really bad in certain spots. Yep, they just lost this weekend, too. Seattle is in the mix of that conversation. I agree. They're 6-5, and five, but they're really coming on strong. They've won two in a row and are beating better teams. Yeah. But there, but to me, there's it's really between two teams. The teams we've already talked about? One of them we've talked about, one of them we haven't. Okay. Uh, the Bears. Yeah. Not the Texans. Okay. The other one is the Chargers. Yep. The Chargers, Chargers are also 8-3. and three. Yeah. Um, 
Chargers have played really well all season. Yes, they have. Uh, Philip Rivers is having a quietly awesome year that just because Mahomes is and Breeze are so good and other weird stuff has happened in the NFL, no one's really noticing it. Philip Rivers is this is basically a microcosm of Philip Rivers' career. He's had kind of an incredible career that no one's really noticed because he happens to be in the era of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and these super teams Drew and these Brees. super these unbelievable Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And he never wins in the playoffs. And he never wins in the playoffs. I think Rivers is going to end up going to the Hall of Fame. I think he's that good. And I think when we look back on his numbers, we're going to be like, wow, this guy was around the whole time. His numbers are really good. He's played really well, but they haven't won enough for him to get that kind of recognition. And his numbers are never truly eye-popping. They're just very, very good. Right. Right. Like nobody would ever say Philip Rivers is the best quarterback in the league and mean it. No one's ever said that except fans of Philip Rivers. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's correct. His his 13 kids maybe all think that. I don't know. Is it really 13? No, I think it's 10. <laughs> it's something absurd. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. It is between the Chargers and the Bears. I still think an argument can be made for the Seahawks because really? I think Russell Wilson is a better quarterback than Philip Rivers. And I'm I think, not sure if that's true. Well, I, I, I do. Yeah. think that. And uh, they're just like a, an historically good team with Pete Carroll coaching. And even with just kind of a mishmash of pieces on defense, they've managed to hobble together a reasonable defense. And Russell Wilson makes all the throws. Did you say a historically good team with Pete Carroll coaching? You, what do you mean? I mean, like since Pete Carroll's been coach of the Seahawks, they've had a very good run. Oh, they've had so, a, that. That's yeah, true. That's what sure. I mean. Got it. Um, yeah. Rather so be and historically. Yeah. Great. Uh, so. <laughs> So I, I actually think the Seahawks are in the mix for me just because hmm. I think that they like when I watch them at the end of games and stuff, there's like a poise to the whole team that you don't see with every team. Yep. You don't see it with the Bears. You don't see it with the Texans. I don't think you see it with the Chargers either. Huh? Well, I will say this. They've won a bunch of close games lately. They hosted Green Bay and beat them 27, 24 and kind of a dog fight. Mm-hmm. They went to Carolina and won a super tough Hard-fought game again, 30-27 to 27 this is the last two weeks. They did play the Chargers, actually. They hosted the Chargers and lost 25-17 to 17 just a month ago. Mm. So that doesn't mean anything. It's one touchdown. Yeah. Um, well, it means something. It means it, something. It doesn't have to... It doesn't, it's not the, you know, not the end-all, be-all that the Chargers are better than they are or anything like that. But that's a good win for the Chargers to go to Seattle and, and beat them relatively soundly anyway, right? So there's that. I don't know, man. Also, by the way, it was 25 to 10 midway through the fourth quarter. I mean, the Chargers were in command of that game. Yeah. The the last touchdown came with two minutes to go, sort of like, a, you know, maybe it all, let's, we have to onside kick it now kind of a spot where they're in prevent defense and it's okay if they score, you know, if the, the Chargers are willing to let the Seattle score there. Yeah. So, so they, they won pretty handily. I, I, I hear that. I think the only reason I'm putting them in the mix is because of, the superstar level poise that I feel with Russell Wilson. Like right. I feel like if I'm rooting for the Seahawks in a particular game or I'm just rooting for them to get back in the game. So it's a fun game. I feel so comfortable watching Russell Wilson play. Like That's feels fair. like it's going to work out the same way you feel when you watch breeze or Rogers right. or Brady, you know, where you're just like, they're going to make the right decisions. I know. Yeah, no, like, that's fair. And um, I don't feel that with Trubisky. I don't mm-hmm. feel that with rivers. I, I like rivers is good, but I don't feel that with rivers. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, I'll say another thing, though, which is important and why I'm putting the Chargers clearly ahead of Seattle is Joey Bosa just came back. Mm. The Chargers are eight and three, and Joey Bosa basically hasn't played. Yeah, this he's season. really good. He's he's in he's not Khalil Mack, but he's close. You know? He is. Yeah, he's in the mix of like top five, top ten defensive players in the league, right? Already. Mm-hmm. So he's back. That's going to make them much tougher the rest of the way. I don't think Seattle's like 
going to add anybody. And they're six and five. Chargers yeah. are eight and three. Like to me, it's, I, I'll definitely take San Diego um, as the fifth best team right now. Oh, no, the- sorry, sorry. To me, Seattle's not truly in the mix. Okay, gotcha. Um, I had them written down as a team to talk about, and I had them as the next team. To me, they're, we're talking about who's the fifth best team. The next question is who's the seventh best team, because to me, it's clearly the Chargers or the Bears are the fifth best team. And then to me, Seattle's probably is the answer, even though there are teams with better records, like Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, but to me, I'm going Bears fifth, S- San Diego sixth, although Bosa coming back does make it Yeah, really I think tough. I go San Diego fifth, yeah. Bears sixth, even though I'm a Bears fan. How come? I just don't trust Trubisky yet. I think quarterback yeah. play is going to be huge in the playoffs and coming down the stretch. And that may not necessarily be reflected in like the annual point differential or anything, but in the moments that matter, I think that counts as far as who's the best team. I'm not just going like pure math point differential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And although rivers is not Russell Wilson in poise at the end of games, he's certainly more than Trubisky is in his current iteration. Oh yeah. I mean, I trust Philip rivers way more than Trubisky. Yeah. Right. Of course. Of course. Tr- Trubisky hasn't, hasn't earned it yet. No. Rivers has, to some degree, earned it. At least. Yeah. To Although he degree. obviously hasn't won in the playoffs, really. He's never made a Super Bowl his entire career. Yeah. That's has he weird. even made the AFC Championship game? I'm pretty sure he has at least once. Okay. Um, now, he's been a little unlucky to be in the Patriots era. Yeah. So it's a team that kind of goes to the Super Bowl way too much. Yeah. But if Phillip Rivers or the Chargers were better, then the Patriots would go to the Super Bowl less. So it goes both ways, right? Yep. Like it isn't like being in the Michael Jordan era where like over a seven game series, you're just not going to beat the bulls or right. the warriors, for example, even most of the time, unless Chris Paul gets injured. Then. Yeah. Or Draymond green punches someone in the dick. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, but like it's the NFL where teams, a good team can beat a great team and they do it all the time. Cause it's just one game in the playoffs. It happens constantly. Yeah. Um, huge upsets all the time. New York giants, green Bay Packers. I mean, New York giants period. Yeah. New York Giants, both times they won the Super Bowl, right. they got in as a wild card, were dogs in every single game and won them all. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the best two stretches of Eli Manning's career, probably. Absolutely. And they came in the playoffs. I mean, it's really an incredible thing. It is. I mean, he's probably going to make the Hall of Fame just because of that. Yeah, because otherwise it'd be like, I'm not putting that guy in the Hall I of mean, Fame. I mean, you can't really put him in. I don't think he should make the Hall of Fame anyway, honestly. Because he's not that good. Because, come on. Yeah. But... You know, he's going to have pretty good numbers and it's going to be, you know, longevity counts for something in the NFL and the counting stats. He's got the family name. Kind of impressive. The family name. He's got two rings and he really did win those rings. Isn't like he was Elway standing around handing the ball off to Terrell Davis. Right. That's right. I went after Elway. That's right. (laughs) Um, He 100% earned earned those wins and was awesome in the biggest possible moments. And I think that's just going to count with uh Sports writers and stuff, the, the voters. Yeah, probably. All right, one last topic yes. before we get to fantasy check-in. That is Baker Mayfield's comments after the game. Oh, okay. That the Cleveland Browns won. The Cleveland Browns have won two in a row. They're looking a lot better. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember what the exact question was, but his comment was kind of uh, along the lines of normal stuff that quarterbacks say after game. And then he said, well, now we have people that we trust calling plays. Oh, and uh, that is obviously a dig at Hugh Jackson and uh, yeah. Todd Haley, who were released right. from the team as the offensive coordinator and head coach. Really? That sounds like more of a dig at Haley than it Jackson. Does. It does. Um, but I think it's probably a dig at both. Yeah, I think you're right. And he, he said something along the lines of like, take this how you want to, but I'm going to say it. Like, I, we have people that we trust calling games now. Like, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Baker Mayf- Mayfield, really. He also gave this quote about uh, 
how he's upset that Hugh Jackson is now working for Cincinnati, that he like got a job working for Cincinnati after he was fired. He did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He absolutely did. He, why, why would he be upset about that? Because they, they played them, and he feels like he shouldn't have gone like across the street, basically. Because, you know, it's the same division. It's actually the same state. It's the only other pro but team But that's where Ohio. Hugh Jackson was before, too. He has, like, a history of being I mean, there. also, he's been fired. It's yeah. like he left to go to Cincinnati. He wanted to stay the head coach of the Browns. They didn't want him anymore. And he's trying to get a job, you know? Like, you can't... I don't know how you could blame him for that. No, he absolutely... So he's got a weird bone to pick with Hugh Jackson anyway. Yeah, he does. And it's possible he just thinks, like, that guy sucked. And it, he it, it could be did. because he was like, why the hell were you starting Tyrod Taylor over me to start right. the season? I'm clearly better. Like, right. you're, you're an idiot. And, of course, just pe- fair. people like Baker, Baker Mayfield, who are the number one pick in the draft and have been told they're great their whole lives are going to overinflate their, how good they are in their own mind. And even me, as a casual observer, can see that Baker Mayfield is better. So how much better do you think he thinks he is than Tyrod Taylor? He's like, why didn't this guy put me in? I mean, that's all well and good yeah. and could really be what he's thinking. But it's also sort of ridiculous, right? Like, very few quarterbacks come in. I know he's the number one overall pick, but very few quarterbacks come in and start from day one in the right. league. Well, an 0-16 team is a good place to do that. True, but an 0-16 team, you could argue, isn't a good place to do it because you can't really protect him. Yeah. You know, the team doesn't have all the pieces in place. You want Why, why rush it if you're not going to win anyway this year, you know? Um, like, why not wait till you think he's really ready? Now, Hugh Jackson probably went too far with that. I would not yeah. be surprised because he, na- he was saying Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod, excuse me, is, is the uh, starter sort of before training camp even began and then seemed to hold on to that. Well, Hugh Jackson has this weird thing with veterans, you yes. know, like Nick Chubb, clearly better than Carlos Hyde also. And it does seem to be did that. not start him either. Well, they Give just him. they just signed Carlos Hyde to that big deal. Yeah. I understand why they played him. They at least got something for right, him. Right, but Nick Chubb was getting like two carries a game yeah. for a lot of those That's games. Right. And he's so good. He's insanely good. Yeah. Insanely good. Did you see the, the catch he made yeah. for the touchdown? Yeah. Like, what the hell? How does Nick Chubb make that? Every week, Nick Chubb is a fantasy superstar. Right. Every week. No, that guy is... On, on this team. Yeah. Yeah, no, that guy is amazing. It's true. He's the second best rookie running back, right? Um, yes. Seems who else, like who else is even in the conversation? Sonny Michelle. Yeah. I prefer Nick Chubb. Yeah. Nick Chubb is... Sonny Michelle looks perfectly good, but it also looks like he's just running through the holes that are made for him. Like right. He's a perfectly fine running back who's maybe once in a while gets an extra yard or two. It feels like every play Nick Chubb is actually doing something that you don't see normally by right. a running back. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That guy was like a second-round pick, right? Early second round. Third pick of the second round. Yeah. So I think like that's just all indicative that Hugh Jackson was a terrible coach. We've always thought that. Okay. Maybe Baker Mayfield was upset to have a terrible coach, and he's just kind of young and getting it off his chest. Yeah, he's young. He doesn't understand that there's really no value in saying that. He doesn't yeah. get anything from saying that. This is, this is something that heartens me, though, that Baker made these comments because... In sports, it gets so tiresome to hear the rote comments that players make after games, the same shit over and over again, and yeah. there's no value to it at all. What's the point of watching a press conference ever? If Baker's going to be a guy who's like a Rex Ryan type guy who just says whatever the fuck he wants to say, I'm excited for that. Yeah. I'm in for that. Let's Me go. Too. Me too. I'm all for people insulting other people, putting people down, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Jalen uh, Ramsey. Good. It's good yeah. stuff. Sit, keep, tell us that Josh Allen is trash. That's yeah. right. Like, let's go. Let's have people react. Let's make it interesting, people. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally down with that, too. I loved it when Richard Sherman yeah. t- called out Michael Crabtree after yeah. the uh, 
Seahawks beat the 49ers in the right. NFC Championship. Crabtree? All, all those years ago. <laughs> yeah, fantastic, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, he got a lot of criticism for that, but it was wonderful. So, I mean, we're sort of saying Baker's, you know, he should probably shouldn't have said that and all that, but you're right. I mean, it's great. And of course we want him to say that, yeah. right? It's probably not great for his career. Just hurts him just a tiny, tiny, tiny He's bit. Too, he right? has too much of a pedigree for his career to be hurt in any way well, at this point. I, I mean, it hurts him a little bit maybe in terms of endorsements and stuff oh, like maybe. that, where it looks like he might fly off the handle a little bit. Yeah. Now, if he does it well... He actually is going to gain an endorsement, right. but I don't think what he said it just makes him look a little bitter. Yeah, and that's that's not like great for his for his image. It's not horrible. He's going to be fine. Also, he's already super rich. Yeah, and he's good. Yeah, he's having a, he's been really good the last few weeks. For yeah, sure. So, okay, quick question: You're starting an NFL franchise, mm. Baker Mayfield or Mitchell Trubisky? Baker Mayfield. Let's go. Mm. Easy I, answer. I think it's close. You do? Yeah. Why? Because Trubisky has been better than him this year so far. Trubisky is a, a year under his belt. Trubisky was a very young rookie. I mean, they might be I, the same age, even. What? Really? I think so. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Well, mm, I think I'm thinking of somebody else. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think it's Trubisky. Never I don't, mind. I don't know. I don't know how old these guys are. Mayfield was the number one overall pick. Trubisky was number two. He was. He was going to be number three. He should have been number three, right? Yeah. But okay, he was number two. That's true. Um. But he was the number two pick, and people were like, really? Like, everyone was like, you traded up for this yeah, guy? But also, Baker Mayfield got compared to Johnny Manziel a lot before and thought it was a mistake to take him at number one. Um, some people did think that. You're right. A lot of yeah. people thought Darnold should have gone one yeah. um, overall and thought he had sort of the most talent. Mm-hmm. But although I think the majority of NFL general managers by the draft said they would have taken Mayfield one. So he wasn't the super consensus guy or anything close to that. So that that's a fair point. Um I'll take Mayfield, though. I think I'll take Trubisky. I think it's close. I, it is very close. I think they, they're both decent on the ground, but Trubisky's, like, great on the ground, and Mayfield's mm-hmm. just pretty good on the ground. Like, yeah. Trubisky's one of the better running quarterbacks in the league yep. at this point. He is. I, I think Mayfield as a passer has probably just got him, and Mayfield doesn't have great coaching yet, and his team isn't as built True. around him Nagy yet. seems like he's a good coach for the Bears. Yeah, and, he does. Yeah. And uh, so Mayfield getting... So having success anyway in his rookie year, not his second year. Like I would expect Mayfield's going to take a major leap forward in the off season and be better next year. Probably like, like we saw Trubisky. Did. I think Trubisky will take another leap. Um, he probably will. But my point is like, but I, I, you got a year ahead of me and I feel like Baker Mayfield's already playing well. Like this time last year, Trubisky was no good. Now yeah. I know, I know John Fox was his coach. I know he wasn't getting a lot of opportunities, even though he was starting by now. Um, but still, Mayfield's clearly there was, better. There was a game where Trubisky took every snap and literally threw seven passes. Yeah. That was John Fox. That is pretty bad. Yeah. That's weirdly bad. Yeah. Mayfield, by the way, la- last weekend against Cincinnati, where they blew out Cincinnati. Cincinnati, by far worst defense in the league, by the way. May- Mayfield went 19 for 26 for 258 and four touchdowns. No interceptions. I mean, that's good. That's pretty darn it's good. It's good. But I think a lot of quarterbacks could do that against Cincinnati. They yeah. are horocious. As I like to say. Yeah, you do like to say that, don't you? It's a fun Mayfield, Mayfield on the season is 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions, a passer rating of 93, which is pretty darn good, 63% completion rating, 7.2 yards per attempt. I mean, I, I don't know what Trubisky's numbers are off the top of my head. I'm um, going to get them right now. Cool. Um, I would assume they're better than that. But, uh, you know, he does have a year on him. He's got a better offensive coach. He's got a 97.7 passer rating. Yep. Uh, What's his touchdown interception? He's got... 20 touchdowns and he has nine interceptions. So it's about the same, about the same. And his rushing is obviously awesome. Um, Trubisky's a little better right now, but 
he's got a year of extra experience. And I mean, I, I like Mayfield's arc way better. If I had to pick between the two, yeah. I mean, I'd be happy to bet on Mayfield over Trubisky for the future. Happy to, if you want to do that. I think it's close. I really do. Trubisky, 51 rushes for 363 yards, averaging 7.1, by the way. Yep. Three, three touchdowns. That part's really good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, the whole Baker controversy. Yep. Which is fun. I enjoy a good controversy. I don't know if that was a good one, but okay. Okay, fine. I, I hope it gets bigger. There you go. I hope Hugh Jackson says something stupid, and then Baker Mayfield has to say something stupid back. Me too. That's what I want. Let's, time, let's talk about fantasy football. Yes. It's fantasy checker. Da, da, da. Da, monster truck. Who's that mascot? <laughs> You're just going to do that every week, huh? Yep. Okay. Well, you know, it's your life. You can do what you want. Who's the fifth best team? Yeah. I'm going to do stuff like that. Cool. All right. So you remember the movie? Checking. You remember the movie that's a reference to? Yes. No. What's um, the name of it? I don't remember the name of it, but I know what's who Bruce started Willis. it. Who else? Uh, One other star. Go. I don't remember. Michael Madsen. Of course. It was called Striking Distance. Please continue. <laughs> All right. Also Sarah Jessica Parker. So we're going to talk about some notable <laughs> fantasy players. He was a Pittsburgh water cop. All right. Notable fantasy players. Let's start with Amari Cooper. Yeah. Who played on Thanksgiving and had a monstrous game. He had one of those games that he had like two years ago or even last year when he was a horrible and then he, it seems like he's horrible and then has one incredible game every, every season yeah. now. And maybe this was it. Cause Oh my gosh. I w- it, it really hurt me bad to have him on the bench and score 38 points, let me tell you. He was fantasy. on your bench. Yeah, of course he's on my bench. He's <laughs> freaking Amari Cooper. He catches five passes for 60 yards every week and no touchdowns. How can I play him? I started Jarvis Landry over him. Yeah. Luckily, I won that matchup anyway. Thank God Lamar Miller ran for 97 yards on that one play. So um, the yeah. question is, is this just another one of those games where Amari Cooper does this twice a year, or is he finally clicking with the Dallas offense and, and this is like maybe... Not this, but like he's he's a, a true leading receiver on a team that can be sustainable. I think it's a really good question. Um, I lean towards the latter, actually. Dallas traded a first-round pick for him. Yeah. They have plans for this guy. So this is way above expectation anyway, but they want him to be the number one receiver for sure. They're, yeah. they're going to put – they're going to invest a lot into him being the number one receiver. They're going to try and make him – they're going to try and justify this number one pick they just traded, right? Yeah. So they aren't going to be cool with throwing him the ball, you know, six times and having him catch four balls for 44 yards. They're just not going to be okay with that. Or like last year where it's like one ball for five yards. Right. So, which is super weird. So I believe they're going to try really hard for him to have impressive numbers this year, even maybe at the expense of like optimal play. Um, so I think from a fantasy point of view, you probably are forced to start him for the next few weeks unless some weird, yeah. weird shit goes down. Yeah. And these are key weeks, which makes it kind of scary. Yeah. Because but, we're, we're heading to the playoffs for most fantasy leagues where there's two more weeks than the playoffs. But didn't you just have, wasn't it 230 yards and two touchdowns? It was 180 yards. 180. Okay. But still, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, like, it's hard to know what is going on with this guy as far as his consistency is, is concerned because like... He's like the least consistent player. It's, it seems like in his good games, it's like that guy is an amazing talent. Mm-hmm. And in his bad games, he's dropping easy passes on slant routes. Or they're not even throwing the ball. Yeah. Like he gets no targets. It's super weird. It's strange too because his first two years in the league, it wasn't like this. Right. He was just good. No, his second year in the league was when he really like had a good year and we're like, okay, this guy is 
the future of like yeah. receiving in the NFL. Well, he's like, I in, mean, no, well, he's like in the Odell Mike Evans category almost. Uh, he was definitely not in the Odell category. No, but I like he was headed that way. He was like poor man's Mike Evans, but like, or like maybe not middle class Mike Evans, you know, but that's pretty good. Like take him at the end of the second round at the beginning of the third round and love your life. Yeah. That's what he was. And that was, that's great. And now you take him in those spots and you hate your life. Oh, well, I took him in the fourth round and I hated my life. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, so yeah, I think there's reason for optimism. It's good to get him off the Raiders. I think for fantasy purposes. Yeah. Cause everything on the Raiders is, is garbage. Cause it, John Gruden. The, the other thing is this is, seems to be helping Dak Prescott too. Dak had a really nice game as well from yeah. a fantasy perspective. He of course threw those two touchdowns to Amari. He ran for a touchdown as well. Put up really nice numbers. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's having a bit of a bounce back year after a bad year last year. He is. And now Dallas, and I know this is not so fantasy uh, related, but because Alex Smith is now clearly out for the year and Colt McCoy is the quarterback of Washington, Dallas just beat Washington on Thanksgiving and Dallas is now the clear favorite to win their division. Right. And, and make the playoffs. They just seemed like kind of a bad team earlier. Which means Jason Garrett might just stick around um, for another year. So there might be having the opposite situation of the Packers where maybe Mike McCarthy getting fired is like the good result of a bad year. Whereas the bad thing for the Cowboys is they have this barely above average year again mm. and you know losing the first round and jason garrett gets to keep his job and the cycle keeps going i mean they can't let this guy keep coaching right they can't <laughs> I, there's I gotta know. be you i would so much rather have a nerd who like the matt Nagy type thing yeah right? a nerd who is just he can't lead guys but he knows what he's doing right right or give me a guy who can lead guys and doesn't know what he's doing Jason Garrett is none of those things. Yeah. <laughs> neither skill. <laughs> That's true. Like, pick, pick one. It's like the Jeff Fisher school of coaching here. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like Hugh Jackson is at least a pretty good offensive coordinator, right? At least I, he's supposed to be. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, he's supposed to be, uh, like, I don't know, man. Give me something. Someone who's good at something. I just want a skill here. Jason Garrett was an okay offensive coordinator back in the day, but it is not translated. And I can't believe he still has this job after watching all or nothing on Amazon where we got to see, you know, the whole season of the, with, you know, in, inside, you know, the Cowboys organization and watching him be deeply uninspiring. And as far as I could tell, not so great tactically either. You know what I would do if I were the Cowboys, hmm. not only from a fun perspective, a coaching perspective, but also from a potential revenue perspective, Bill Parcells. No, I'm kidding. Throw a bunch of money at Peyton Manning to be the coach. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Think of how much that would be such a big deal. It's a terrible idea. What you, if he's you, great? You have to earn, you have to like work your way up in these things. Not no one ever pay, just becomes a head coach out of nowhere. Peyton Manning does. Has that ever happened in the NFL in the last 25 years? Like a guy has gone from not like not either being a college head coach or being like a, um, a coordinator or having already been a head coach to being a head. Like has someone just walked in and been a head coach. I know it happens in the NBA once in a while. Probably. Like Jason Kidd. Probably not. Yeah, I don't remember any. We could of it. set the precedent with Peyton Manning. I mean, if you're going to do it with a guy, it's Peyton he's Manning. not the worst guy to do it with. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, although, wouldn't you just want him to be your offensive coordinator and really your quarterback's coach? Like, you start my quarterback's coach, you see he doesn't suck. You promote him to offensive coordinator, you see he doesn't suck. You promote him to head coach. I'm just That's trying to solve to go. I'm just trying to solve your problems, man. Yeah. He's going to know how to run the offense. He's going to be inspirational to those players. They're going to like him. I have no idea of any of those things you just oh, said. Oh, it's true. true. He's going to know how to run an offense. Why? Because he, he, he can throw the ball well? 
he basically was the co- he was basically the offensive coordinator on the field. He j- he didn't call the plays. He just audible out of plays. It's yeah, which is basically thing. calling plays. No, lots of quarterbacks do that. Peyton for Dallas, twenty nineteen. <laughs> I'm making, I don't know, man. I'm making flyers. I'm making flyers. Maybe you're right. You know, like you want to pick someone who is not the same retread coach. Right. And it's hard to find guys. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just really hard. And we are not in a position to know who the Sean McVay's of the future are. I mean, there's a lot of belief and I don't, I'm not really, I don't really buy into this, but there's a lot of belief that Josh McDaniels may be a guy, even though he turned down the Colts after having accepting the Colts job last year. And so Frank Reich has that job now. Uh, There's a lot of talk that still, um, Help me out. What are you talking Josh about? Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Lost the name for a second. That McDaniels is going to get offers again this year, even though he, he accepted failed. the Colts job and bailed on them. And also he failed so badly when he was a head coach for one so year. So badly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So badly. Denver. Yeah. It was more than one year. It was like three years. Was it? Yeah. Wow. He drafted Tim Tebow, man. Hmm. Wow. Um, anyway, so... But, you know, but also Bel- Bel- Belichick failed his first time as a coach. Yeah. With, with the Browns, so... You could say, like, actually, you want the guy to get, like, his feet wet, see what it's like to be a coach, learn all the, like, make a bunch of mistakes, and then learn from them. I'd rather find Sean McVay. Yes. Yes, I would, too. But good luck. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know if those guys really exist. Right. I don't, I wouldn't want McDaniels to be my head coach, but he might be my head coach soon because, you know, like, Belichick is going to eventually retire, right? Yeah. I got to believe the Pats are just going to immediately make McDaniels the head coach and it's going to be a disaster. Finally. Yeah. But hopefully he'll go to like Buffalo instead or something. All right. Back to fantasy. Yes. So Amari Cooper, we're both optimistic. Yeah. For the future and for next year, kind of. Certainly for the rest of this season. And yeah, next year too. All right. Lamar Miller had his first truly good fantasy game of the year and it was very good. Yeah. Thanks in large part to the run you talked about earlier, 97 yard run, which was a very impressive sequence for the Texans where... They stopped the, the uh, Titans, that's what they mm-hmm. played, uh, at the three-yard line uh, when they went for on it on fourth down. down. Yeah. And then just on the first play, when they got the ball back, Lamar Miller ran 97 yards and was faster than I thought Lamar Miller was. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. He's been a huge fantasy disappointment for the past, like, three years, basically. Since he went to Houston, he's been a huge fantasy. That was last year that he went to Houston. Two years. This is year three. Oh, it is? Yeah. yeah the first okay. year, he did run for almost 1,100 yards, which was good. He only scored five touchdowns, you know, he, he didn't receive, he didn't get that much in receiving. It was okay. But from a fantasy perspective, he was a disappointment. For right. Sure. And this is, this is the Lamar Miller that people wanted when they were thinking about him in fantasy on the Houston Texans, the one that played this game here. Yes. We were hoping for more of this. And then the thought actually was last year when Deshaun really showed up for those four or five games before he got hurt Yeah, and they were just scoring a million points every game and they were sort of on track on pace anyway, once he started playing that well to, um, to like break all the records, basically. Right. They weren't going to do it because it happened midway through the season when he started, when he finally got to play and play so well. But it was like, wow. Like, he could come back, and if he's going to throw four touchdowns a game and, and run like a banshee and be impossible to catch, Lamar Miller's going to do really well. Yeah. But none of this has happened. Yeah, except for this game. And the Titans have a reasonable defense as well. It's not like it's the mm-hmm. Bengals. Right. So, in my opinion, though, this is just an anomaly, and I don't think I think of Lamar Miller any differently from this game. Do you maybe the slightest bit differently? Lamar Miller is actually having a pretty reasonable year. Now he did have an amazing game, which is going to make all his numbers look a little better yeah. than they otherwise would have. Like bef- like 24 hours ago, his numbers didn't look this good, but he is getting 77 yards per game on the ground, which is the most he's ever gotten 
in his career. So that's pretty good. He's averaging almost five yards a carry, 4.9. That's good. That's good, too. Now, he just did 12 for like 160 last night. So it raised all that up pretty. Mm-hmm. It was probably from 4.9. It was probably like 4.3. So it's yeah. probably average. And then he had one really big game. Like, not even a big game, one big carry. Yeah. And not that we should dispute or dismiss that. He no. still did that. But, you know, if we play another eight games, he may not have another carry like that. He's very unlikely to, in fact. And then that would bring that number back down. And so we should be aware that by adding this huge number right now, it's going to make the numbers inflate more than they probably reasonably should. Yeah, right. I agree. Um, I think he's a reasonable RB2 the rest of the way, um, but a low-end RB2. You're not excited to start him. Never excited to start him. Probably have to start him if he's on your team, most likely. Unless you have, like... uh, if you have Nick James, Chubb, James Conner, and Nick Chubb, and yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. else, but yeah, you, but you're probably flexing him even if he's. If uh, you have James Conner, Nick Chubb, and Aaron Jones, you're not flexing him. Okay, fine, but who yeah. has all three of those guys? You know, I mean, you could have them. Sure, you could have them. You know, of course, or you don't like, even have to have them. You could, you could have a, a blue chip guy from the first round in two of those guys. Right, but most people don't. Right? right, like very few teams have that. Yeah, so he's likely to be your best flex play, and often going to be your best sec, best RB two. Yeah. Um, so you're probably starting him and not loving it, but he's going to give you somewhere between eight and a half and 12 and a half points most of the time. And you'll live with it. Yeah. I mean, it feels like, like Alex, Alex Collins with a little higher upside. Now old Alex Collins, not now benched Alex Collins, but you know, from the previous parts of the yeah, year, I'd say more upside for sure. Yeah. Like Lamar Miller is at least capable of, you know, especially on this offense scoring, a, scoring two touchdowns in a game or, Getting touching the ball twenty two times a game. Alex Collins was doing none, none of those things. Alex yeah. Collins scores a touchdown in the first quarter, and never touches the ball again. That's the game plan with yeah. Alex Collins. That's what you do if you're the Ravens. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> for some reason, yeah, makes a lot of sense. He is quite a disappointment. Yeah. All right, on to a, a player who is unlike Lamar Miller, not disappointing, exceeding the already high expectations for him going into the year. Ooh, I'm Christian for this. McCaffrey. Oh man, he has just been proving it over and over again. He had. In half-point PPR, he had 41.5 fantasy points last week, which is an insane game that you almost never see. You ready for this? Yeah. The last four weeks, Christian McCaffrey in PPR, just the last four weeks, he'd be the number 21 running back for the season. Wow. And it's week 13 coming up. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a, th- a third of the season he's played. Well, with the, is it would still put him like low-end RB2. That's how good he's been His- lately. It's... Sick, bro. Like it's he's getting into the Alvin Kamara conversation, right? For like where you draft him next year. I mean, right now, where does he go? Let's say the season ended today, and then it's you know. I think you still take Kamara over him, but it's so close. It's real. I mean, if Ingram's still there, it's real close. Yeah, I'd be also. I'm concerned. Drew Brees is another year older. Let's assume that Ingram's not there. Okay. Um. So who's going over McCaffrey? Let's do it again. I love doing this. Obviously, Gurley. I don't know about Melvin Gordon anymore. It depends on how this injury goes. Yeah, it's not so obvious. You're right. But let's give Melvin Gordon. Just, let's just say he's two weeks and he's fine and he's back to how okay. he was. So obviously you take Melvin Gordon over him. Gurley and Gordon, I'm down with that. Saquon. Saquon, you take over you him. You have to take him over Yeah, him. The, Zeke. Zeke, you have to take over him. That's I think, four. And then the next guy is Kamara. Yeah, I, I'm taking Kamara over him. And then the, the questions are They're, players like Kareem Hunt and James Conner. And Le'Veon Bell. And Le'Veon Those Bell. Those to me are the three guys. Boy, the running back's going to be really good next year. Yeah. Wow. 
I think wow. he might. By take, the way, Nick Chubb might be in that conversation oh, yeah. by the end of next he year, might. by the beginning of next I year. I think too. he might take McCaffrey over over those guys, over Connor and over Whew. Bell. Jeez. In a PPR league, you probably do it, and then in standard, you probably don't. In, in half, half I, I'm kind of always talking about half because I feel like it's the best. I'm most. taking Connor over McCaffrey still, but I admit it is as close as it gets. Yeah, I think I'm going McCaffrey there. It's not crazy at all to go McCaffrey, and I might just be wrong. Yeah. At this point, like I might just be wrong. Like been, I don't know anymore. He's been man. so good. He's been so good. Also, Ben's going to be a year older next year. Yeah, that's which true. isn't great, you know. As opposed to like Cam, who's just in his prime. In his prime, yeah. Yeah, not going anywhere. There's no reason to think that offense is going to be any worse next year. Like DJ Moore will be a year older and probably better. They'll probably add a few weapons, if anything. Who are they going to lose? Like it's not a problem. Um, he's, I mean, who is this first round next year is going to be loaded. It's going to be like six running backs to start, right? Six in a row. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Like we're saying like half point PPR yeah. type thing. I don't see how you can't take one of those. Like, are you taking, what receivers are you taking over McCaffrey? Are you taking any receivers over no. McCaffrey? You can't, right? No. You can't take Antonio Brown over him. You can't. No. So can you take him over? Uh, let's say Le'Veon's playing in Houston. Let's just I think you take it. Antonio Brown over him just because of the unknown. Okay. That's fair. How about James Conner? I Antonio think, Brown or James Conner? Uh, that one's close. I think really was, close, yeah. right? So, wow. I mean, I'm a big take a receiver in the first round kind of a guy. Well, you just said you would take McCaffrey over Connor, by the way, based on just logic. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. You're right. I did say that. That hurts me. The truth comes out. It's just because you have James Conner in multiple spots. Maybe. Maybe it is. I, I don't have McCaffrey anywhere either. So, I, yeah. I'm <laughs> for that guy. Um, yeah. I, I mean... I'm concerned that McCaffrey... So Olsen's been hurt all year. Yes. So that gives McCaffrey targets that he otherwise wouldn't get. Olsen's going to be like 34, 35 next year. Yeah, but he's a tight end. Those guys last forever, man. Yeah. And also the way Olsen plays, isn't like he's getting very physical. You know, he's just the guy who runs out and catches a ball and goes But I down. don't know if he's really cannibalizing the types of targets that McCaffrey's getting a lot. That's fair. And Olsen's playing now and McCaffrey's having monster games now. Yeah. So maybe I'm you might just stretch the that. field more and give McCaffrey more spot space underneath. I'm worried about McCaffrey's durability too. He's a tiny he's small, guy, yeah. but he seems to be able to like avoid taking big hits so far. Kind of similar to Camara. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it just feels like those guys don't get smashed. Kind of like Randy Moss used to just not get smashed so far. Yeah. But you know, all it takes is one, right? So I don't know, man, it's a violent game. So I'm worried about the smallness of him. I think he's the fifth overall pick. He might be. He might be. I and mean, that's, that's assuming Gordon is healthy. He could mm-hmm. be the fourth overall pick. Man. Wow, there's so many good running backs. There are. This is really crazy. Speaking of Melvin Gordon, let's pivot on that and Ooh, talk about like it. Austin Eckler. The Eck man. Because Melvin Gordon is... What the Eck? Yeah, what the Eck. What the Eck. That's correct. Melvin Gordon is going to be out for at least a couple weeks is what they've said. And Austin Eckler has always been one of those guys who's kind of in the James Conner conversation of like if he gets the opportunity in this offense he's going to be great and he's been pretty Mm -hmm. good like a flex play in the backup role anyway so without without gordon playing is he an rb1 for these next couple weeks wow um is he an rb1 jeez (sighs) he's in the conversation he's averaging 5.8 yards per carry i know but they're very particular carries you know he's only had 70 rushes on the season yeah, he's um, got 32 receptions for 354 yards, averaging 11 point yard, one yards per I mean, reception. Let me ask you this. He's averaging 5.8 yards per carry. What's he going to average next week, this weekend? I don't even know who they're playing. 
Just, just uh, you know, against a neutral team, what are you expecting to average? Five. Okay, so you don't yeah. think he's going to be this good. No, That's but what I'm I, saying. I do think he is one of the better backup running backs in the league, sure. and I think the offensive system is great for him with all the dump-off passes and stuff. Yep, I think you're right on both counts. I think he is certainly in the RB1 conversation. Yeah. I don't, I'm not clearly putting him there. As we just outlined, there's a million great running backs right now. There's so many good guys. There's like eight spots that are just already filled in the RB1 conversation. So right. we're down to like, there's four spots left. He's certainly in that conversation. I don't know if he's actually the guy, though, who's going to be like, I'll be start. But you're starting him if you have him, right? Yeah. Like, how often are you going to have two guys who are better than Austin Eckler? You're not going for, to. For, for this coming week. I mean, you have to have like, it has to be one of those things where you have um, like one of these weird spots where you have James Conner. You took a running back in the first round who's fine. You took Zeke in the first round. You have James yeah. Conner from like the 12th round or whatever. And then you have, and you have Austin Eckler too from the ninth round. Yeah. Yep. And then you're like, okay, I can't. And, and, and you're not going to flex Austin Eckler. How could you not flex you him? Have Nick you Chubb. are flexing him. You have Nick Chubb. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, right. And again, how often is you yeah. going to have all those guys? Congratulations. Right. You're the greatest fantasy player of all time. But like no one has that. Some people do, and they're they're very lucky. Of course. So but, this, you know, because of the value of Eckler being like one of the most valuable handcuffs in the league, if not the most, after Le'Veon went down sure. or went away, whatever he did. Um, this is such a seismic shift at a key point in the fantasy year for so many leagues, where like the team that had Melvin Gordon is now like screwed in the playoffs, and the team that has Austin Eckler might be like coming out of nowhere to be a real playoff threat. Yep. You know, this is you know the people who handcuff and talk about handcuffs are loving this yeah, because it, it backs up everything they love talking about. Right. The problem is, of course, I mean, I guess we didn't know Eckler was going to be this good this year. So you actually would have gotten Eckler late, but you didn't even know he was going to be a good handcuff in right. the draft. There was, that was, a, it's a surprise. Yeah. So you probably picked him up, uh, you know, off the waiver wire anywhere. Somebody did. So, or he's like a late round pick. If you have a lot of rounds, I guess you could have traded for him once you saw he was pretty good, but then you have to eat up a roster spot with a yeah. guy who, you know, you're not playing, which right. sucks. There's like no chance to play. Unless another one of your roster spots is taken up by Melvin Gordon, an injured Melvin Gordon. Right. So it's it's kind of I'm down on handcuffs personally, except late in the season. Um, but man, right now those people are loving it. Anybody who has Eckler right now is so happy. How long is Gordon going to be out for? Uh, they didn't have a definitive timetable, but the the quote was at least a couple weeks. Yeah. Wow. So gonna like if you're if you're like fighting for a playoff spot or you're fighting for playoff positioning trying to get a buy or maybe the most points in your league or the number one overall c which gets you extra money or something like that this is an incredible time to have austin eckler as a guy who has him nowhere in any league yeah never really considered him in any league it's like well gordon's gonna get all the carries right and he has yeah and he's been amazing he's been amazing but it's Eckler time, baby. <laughs> That's what I always say. It's yeah. Eckler time, baby. What the Eck? It's Eckler time. Stuff you should like just that. go knock on people's doors and say that and see how they react. I'm considering it. Okay. It could happen. All right, so let's talk about a quarterback. Lamar Jackson seems like he might have the job. I would be surprised if he does not have the job. Because Joe Flacco is butt. Yeah, he's at least one butt cheek. I don't know if he's full butt. Yeah. He's half butt. There's a level of butt. Would you rather be full butt or half butt? Is it better to be... I think it's better to be full butt, right? Well, then you're just all butt, though. Yeah, but if you're half butt, you're not even a full butt. <laughs> you could be You could be half butt and half bicep. You could be, but is Joe Flacco that? No. Thank he's you. He's like half butt, half turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean he was half butt. I meant you're, he only... his totality, In totality, he is just a half a half butt. Half, half butt. I'm not saying he's half man, half butt. I'm just saying he's half butt. Anyway. 
yeah. have ass, if this, you will. This is important. Uh, so Lamar Jackson, who is probably the worst throwing quarterback who is starting in the NFL and maybe for the longest time. I mean, Blake Bortles. No, Blake Bortles is a no, better right. passer no, right. of course than Lamar right. Jackson. Of course you're right. Lamar Nathan Jackson. Peterman. Nathan Peterman started several he, games. He's a better passer than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. I am not convinced that that's true. Lamar Jackson is a terrible passer. Did you, do you know? I mean, Nathan Peterman's numbers are yeah, okay. insane. Nathan Peterman is a great example as, as a possibility, but at least he can throw a spiral. Like okay. Lamar Jackson looks like garbage when he throws the ball. When he runs, he looks like Michael Vick. But when he throws, he looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, can he improve this? Is this going to be something that he can become like a viable actual starting NFL quarterback and thus a viable NFL starting fantasy quarterback because of the rushing? I have to believe the answer is yes. Okay. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be a great passer. I don't think you could expect that or bet on that. But they're winning games. Now, they've played Cincinnati and Oakland. Those are the two starts he's had. Yeah. So that's pretty good. They barely beat Cincinnati, by the way. They only scored 24 points against, as you were saying, one of the worst defenses in the league. They did blow out Oakland. Good. Yeah. Um, I watched some of that game. His completions were not super impressive, right? One or two of them were like, ooh, that's kind of nice. Yeah. But mostly it's throw over the middle to a guy who's like cutting across or a slant pat- pattern or something like that for between 7 and 12 yards. But that was a step forward from last week where right. he was even more you know, primitive. But, you know, he play. ran 26 times two weeks ago yeah, as a quarterback. Like I mean, running backs don't even run that often. The first quarter of, that, of the game where he played, this is the Cincinnati game on November 18th, they had 20 plays in the first quarter. 17 of them were rushes. Three of them were passes. Like, I'd never seen that before. Yeah. Like, in, in the last 25 years in the NFL, I don't think I've ever seen that. Like, it was crazy. They just ran no matter what. So they, they changed that up, which was smart. They, he, took, he threw the ball 25 times instead of 19 times. He ran only 11 times instead of 26 times. They were playing Oakland. They were winning. They knew they were going to win. It was an easy game for them. I'm interested to see how is he going to do against real competition. I'm real curious. Here's another problem for him. Yeah. He's fumbled four times this season. Yeah, that is a real problem. They're yeah. going here. Here's their schedule the rest of the way. They go to Atlanta. They go to Kansas city. They host Tampa. They go to LA to play the chargers. They host Cleveland. That's it. That's not a great schedule. It's not like super fun, but you know, I mean, they're going to lose at Atlanta, right? Probably. They're going to get blown out at Kansas city. Yes. They're going to beat Tampa probably. They're probably going to get blown out by the Chargers, and Cleveland's going to be a dogfight. I mean, but they want to see what they have in him, and I think it's time to find out. How's he going to be for fantasy? I mean... If he can maintain the rushing, he's probably pretty good. They're going to play Atlanta next week. Do you want to start him or not? Oh, who else do I have? Well, fine. Where is it? Where is where does he slot for you? Like, is yeah. he a top 12 guy? I think he's on the cusp. Yeah, I don't think he's a top 12 guy. Somewhere in the 15 range. Yeah, I think you have to have pretty bad quarterbacking to start Lamar Jackson right now. Now, but against Kansas City, you may have to start him. Yeah, I think you might have to. Even I mean, though they're going to get blown out and he's going to be running the ball, it's going to be weird. He's going to put up some weird-ass numbers, but, I mean, they're just going to be they're going to be throwing the ball constantly. I mean, he's going to be forced to be offensive in that game, and Kansas City's defense is so bad, you just have to play yeah. him. Yeah. Especially in a game like that, his top end fantasy upside is is a lot higher than the majority of, of quarterbacks in his range of hmm. like w- when I would start them right. because like his his floor is very low. It's like you know he gets two fantasy points type of floor. Yep. But his top end is like 
he throws for 150 yards and manages to only throw one interception and throws and, for like a touchdown Yeah, and throws for a touchdown and rushes for like 180 yards and, and three touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty unlikely. Have you seen this guy run? 180 yards and three it's touchdowns. very unlikely. I agree, but how about, how about 120 yards and two touchdowns. Fine. That's much that. more possible, but like watching this guy run, like I, I called Trubisky the best <laughs> Russian quarterback in the NFL who actually can throw the ball because Lamar Jackson can't actually throw the ball. He's mm. a far better runner than Trubisky, even yeah. though he's averaging less per carry. It's because they know that he's going to run uh, like on his touchdown run last week. I think they were on the seven yard line or something. And it was one of those transcendent athlete moments where he takes off and it's like, there's no way he's getting there. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, he's definitely getting there. Mm. He's like way faster than yeah. everybody else. Yeah. You know? It's pretty cool. Yeah. Kind of like Michael Vick, you know, Michael Vick was really fast. Yes. Man, oh man, he was fast. That guy was fun to watch. Yep. And Lamar Jackson, if he could throw like Michael Vick, would be really fun to watch too. But you do bring up a good point about Lamar Jackson. He has four fumbles and three interceptions. Yeah. And he hasn't played very much. No, it's not like he's been touching the ball every play. That's a real problem. He's super raw. Yeah. You know, and they're just like, well, we suck anyway. Like, let's let's just see what we got. And I mean, they spent a first round pick on this guy, right? So they definitely, they want it to work with him, much like Dallas wants it to work with Amari Cooper. So I think this is it for Joe Flacco, unless Lamar is horrible. The Joe Flacco the on the Jaguars next year? I mean, it's possible. Yeah. That's one of, um, I saw, I don't know if it was Peter King or someone else who wrote, you know, Matt Stafford to the Jaguars for a first and a fourth, who says no, basically. And it's like, I'm not, I guess the Jaguars probably say no. For a first and a fourth? Yeah. Yeah, probably, but man, that would really help. Yeah. And if they can convince themselves, we're the same team we were last year who won 12 games. We just suck this year because Bortles is the worst. They're three and eight, by the way, by the way, on the good place, a TV show on NBC, like six weeks ago, a character said the Jaguars are actually good. And since then they haven't won a game. (laughs) (laughs) They've lost five in a row. So that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah. All right, I got two more fantasy-related right. things, and they're both tight ends. Great. The first one is young Eric Ebron. Oh, man. Eric Ebron, who has 12 touchdowns on the year, which yeah. is the least predictable fantasy statistic and the most due for statistical regression. However, he has been playing well. He, this is the potential that people saw in him when he was drafted in the first round four or five years ago. He's never lived up to that potential. Mm. Now he's got a great quarterback who is tossing the ball all around the field. Jack Doyle is out for a significant period of time now. He is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he got hurt again. Yeah, he hurt his back or something. It's like maybe the rest of the year he's out. So Eric Ebron is is Andrew Luck's big target now, and that has a lot of value. I think he's probably more talented than Julius Thomas. So I'm, I'm kind of comparing him in my mind to Julius Thomas, the Peyton Manning amazing year, Yeah. as a more talented version of that. Do you think that's accurate, or do you think he's still just the old Eric Ebron who you're not super excited to start? Well, I mean, Julius Thomas went to Jacksonville after that one great year and never did anything again. Right. right. So it was all Peyton Manning. Yep. I think this is a fair comparison to that. Um, I would prefer, I think Ebron is probably like the sixth or fifth best tight end rest of the way. So that's pretty darn good. Um, you okay? Oh, <laughs> John. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Jonathan stopped all of a sudden. Eric Ebron is pretty good and he's got so many touchdowns, which is really the thing that, that's what gives me pause to think it's actually sustainable because touchdowns are the least sustainable thing, as I had mentioned before. Of course, I was sneezing there. That's yeah. why we lost all. Yeah, sorry. It took, of took me by surprise and I didn't, reason didn't and have a quick 
rebuttal. Well, for we're that. not going to edit it out. Of course. No, of course we're going to keep that for the people. Right. So, no, Eric, so Eric Ebron, by the way, he's not 12, 11 touchdowns. That's half of his career touchdowns. He's been in the league since 2014. I mean, he hasn't done anything ever until right now. Yeah, his best year before that was 61 receptions in 2016 for 711 yards and one touchdown. So the year before that, he had five touchdowns, but only 47 receptions. Yeah. This year, he's got 44 receptions so far through 11 games, 508 yards, and 11 touchdowns. I mean, you're just forced to play him if you have him. You're almost never going to have a better tight end than that on your team. If you do, it's a no-brainer. If you have Ertz or Kelsey, you have to play those guys. Right. If I have Gronk, I'm playing Gronk over him. I'm not loving it, but I have to do it. Gronk's got uh, higher upside. What about George Kittle? I'm starting Kittle. Yeah, I think so, too. But after that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Ebron. Yeah, which is crazy. But Doyle being hurt really helps him. It does. And the fact that Luck always throws three touchdowns now and clearly is looking for Ebron. You just got to go with it and hope it works out. He also has a rushing touchdown. That's just super weird. Super, super weird. It is. So you mentioned the other guy I want to talk about the other tight end, which is Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Is he Hall of Famer? Is he back for real? No, you don't think so? No, he looked really good on his touchdown catch. He did. He look, looked like he looked like old Gronk on that catch. He looked amazing on that touchdown catch. It was a hell of a catch for sure. But he had three receptions for fifty for fifty six yards in that game. Right. And he's getting targets. He got seven targets, which is good. But he's slow, man. He is. He's so slow now. And he used to be fast. I know he's a big guy, but he actually was speedy. He just isn't anymore. You know. He's uh, he's averaging sixty three yards receiving per game, which isn't that far out of line with his career stuff. His career stuff is uh, 70 per game, but he's just not getting that many targets. And the real thing that's missing is, of course, the touchdowns. He was always a touchdown machine, as yep. they say, um, and now he is really not. I know that was an incredible catch, but he still is targeting him in the, in the end zone too. Um, but they're really struggling for him to get separation, and so he's got to make these outrageous catches, which he is good at, but he's slower. He's a little more brittle and broken. This might be it for him. This may be his last year. You think so? I think it's really possible. I think he may just retire. Let's assume for a second that it's not his last year. Okay. Uh, Next year, assuming for the next five games, he does something like averaging four and a half catches, 75 yards, and 0.8 touchdowns over those games. So he's pretty good. Yeah. Where where does he go in drafts next year? He's a six-round pick. I think he goes higher than that if, if he does that well. Yeah, I guess that's that's a little better than, than yeah. normal, right? He's a fifth round pick. I mean, fourth or fifth, probably. Really? Yeah. Ertz won in the fourth round this year. Yeah, but nobody knew he was going to be this good. No, but he was good last year. Yeah, he was really good last year. He was. I mean, this year. I, I mean, next year Ertz is going in the second round, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I I think he's a fifth round pick next year, man. At best. Yeah, that might be true. At best, he might be he might be a seventh round pick next year. I mean, he's the, like the taking Adrian Peterson in the ninth round kind of a thing. It's yeah. like, well, he's old and maybe he can recapture that glory, but I don't think so. Yeah. That's where we're at with Gronkowski. You know what's weird is he's the same age as Travis Kelsey. That is weird. Yeah. Where was Kelsey all these years, man? He just had like, he, he had all this potential and never reached it until a couple of years ago. Yeah. Feels similar to Ertz, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Gronk came in and was great almost yeah. immediately. And uh, that doesn't really happen with tight ends ever, except for Gronk. Hmm. I mean, I mean, Aaron Hernandez was pretty good, too. That's true. Then he killed the guy. Yeah, well, he killed another guy. I he killed say. multiple guys. He got caught killing somebody. Okay. There were other killings for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. 
All right, um, that's the end of fantasy check-in. Woo, the longest fantasy check-in of all time. Certainly not. We've we've gone forever before. All right, so <laughs> programming note before we get to our best bets, we were not going to discuss Survivor on right. this podcast because it's been such a week season 13, of man. upsets and also it's week 13 that Come like... On. If you're still in, congratulations. You probably have a plan. You probably have a pretty easy, clear plan because there aren't many people left in your league. If you want more specific advice, you can tweet at us and we'll try to get to it. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds good. Um, So let's talk about our best bets. Okay. You want to go or should I go? I'm going. All right. So I know I do this every week. Here we go. But I'm doing it again. I want to take the Saints again, just like I wanted to take them against the Eagles when they crushed them. The Saints are seven and a half point favorites going to Dallas. Yeah. It is an indoor stadium, yes. which the Saints thrive in. Yes. Dallas is not that good. The Saints are fucking amazing. I think they're going to blow them out like they blow out the Eagles. It's one of my best bets as well. Okay. I think Dallas is overrated. I think they're seen a little better than they are, especially from beating Washington last week. Yep. Now everyone's sort of in their mind giving them the division. So they're maybe propping up a little higher than they should. Um, they are in Dallas. That's fair. And it is a seven and a half points, which is so it means they'd be like, 12 and a half point favorites were they in New Orleans, but that sounds about right to yeah. me. Uh, I'm down with this. This is one of my bets, too. All right. We're on the Saints train. Good. That's All right. one. All right. Um, I'm just wondering if we should take either side of this absurd line where Oakland are 15 and a half point dogs at home. <laughs> Against who? <laughs> the Chiefs. Wow. Is there a side of that to take? I'm wondering because I've never seen a line 15 and a half point dogs at home that is really rare yeah that's weirdly rare wow i'm i'm looking at this is what i'm doing so we're all on the same page here i'm looking up uh, the chiefs to get a feel for how many points have they been outscoring everybody by meaning if they're up by a lot are they just going to keep going or are they going to they going to take their foot off the gas so they barely beat well they beat arizona by 12 i guess they beat cleveland by 16 they beat denver by 7 they beat cincinnati by 35 this is the last the last games they've played. Jacksonville by 16. Looks like they actually do take their foot off the gas. San Francisco by 11. Uh, Denver by 14. Pittsburgh by 5. The Chargers by 10. So they're actually not really... Once they're up, they're not continuing to blow teams out for the most part. Yeah. They sort of chill out a little bit. Their defense is so bad that they're often forced to keep scoring, but still. Yeah, but if they're forced to keep scoring, it's because the game's getting closer, which is not a problem for taking the Oakland side of this line. Yeah, I agree. So... I don't know. I guess if there's a side to take, it's probably taking Oakland plus 15.5, right? I think if there's a side, it's probably that. I don't want anything to do with this personally. Yeah, I think you're right. I just wanted to at least talk about that because yeah, it's such a crazy line. That is an insane line. Yeah. I completely agree with you. All right. Wow. So wow. we're not going to do that, but it's an interesting line. Yeah. I got one more. Okay. Uh, Washington is mm-hmm. traveling to Philadelphia. Okay. And they are six and a half point dogs. You want Washington? I kind of like the Washington side. Is this yeah. a bad belly thing, or is it something else? It's more that I think the Eagles are really not that good, and I think Colt McCoy is really not that bad. I mean, Colt McCoy is pretty bad, though, isn't he? He didn't play poorly last week, did he? I don't know. I don't think he did. I mean, he played okay, I guess. I don't know. Now we, now we have to look. I don't know, man. Uh, you, want, you want to bet on Colt McCoy? This is your plan? He has the best name for a quarterback of all time. It's like straight out of a like teenage novel. These aren't the name Olympics, bro. Okay, so Colt McCoy. <laughs> that's not something you hear very often, by the way. <laughs> the name Olympics. That's right. I said it. Colt McCoy uh, did not play well. He oh. went 24 for 38, which is okay. 
for 268. That's fine. Two touchdowns, three interceptions. All right, that's not very good. You can't count on that. And that's against a not a great Dallas team. I don't like that. All right, that's fine. We can just do the Saints bet. Yeah, that's good. Well, I have, have one, too. Oh, you have another one. Okay. Let's yeah, yeah. I know. Sometimes I only have one. I've got two. I have Arizona at Green Bay. Yeah. Plus 15. 15 points. And you think Green Bay is not that good, which they're not. I know. Yeah. We, no one thinks Green Bay is that good, yeah. right? Arizona, by the way, is a little bit more feisty than I think we give them credit for. Arizona yeah. like hangs in there and actually plays a lot of tough games. So, for example, let me call up their most recent... Uh, so okay, they got blown up by the Chargers. So that wasn't that's not a great example. But the Chargers are good. Forty five to ten, right? Yeah. Well, we would have lost if you know we had bet on Arizona that time. But they played Oakland, lost by two. They played Kansas City in Kansas City, only lost by twelve. Okay, that's feisty. They won uh, against San Francisco. Okay, they got blown up by Denver. They lost by ten at Minnesota. They won by ten at San Francisco again. They only lost to, um, hosting Seattle by three. They lost against Chicago by two. This is a feisty little team, man. So I think 15 points is just a crazy amount of points against a team that, as you're saying, offensively is sort of bankrupt uh, in terms of imagination anyway. Yeah. Um, Arizona's playing better, too. You know, Rosen is not horrific. They've He's got a new good. offensive coordinator. Yeah, the Byron Leftwich yeah. thing does seem to be helping. They're throwing the ball to Larry Fitzgerald again, which yeah. they hadn't been doing. David Johnson's looking a little better. Yep, they're, they're having more success offensively than they've had. I think the perception, though, is like Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay is just going to run all over them. So I like I like Arizona plus 15. That's a huge amount of points. Yeah, I'll, I'm done with that. Cool. Okay. All right, so we'll take Arizona plus 15. We'll take the Saints minus seven and a half. Yes. Sounds good. Things. Let's do that. All right. Well, those are our bets, and that's the podcast. All right. Thanks for listening.